very interesting and fruitful conversations. But uh, I think it's interesting seeing certainly uh, Concord, I would say Concord and Link have probably come the closest to sort of hitting the level cap, just mechanically speaking, in the game. Link probably more so than Concord. Um, so it's been interesting to see like how potent or not in some in some instances uh the characters get like when they're sort of like at this point they should just become adult heroes kind of thing you know you're really seeing you know link kind of functioning at a a second another level and and concord kind of you know might kind of going well i didn't expect we'd ever have to deal with dr infinity and kind of looking at his own character sheet going oh yeah that kind of makes sense um it's just been kind of interesting seeing you guys you know, once you get a couple of, you know, once you get the stat raises and the stats locked and things like that, there's some, I wouldn't call them sure shots, but there's certainly a lot of really, you, you don't have as many, like, I don't know, young, well, yeah. young Spider-Man, young Spider-Man, like, like everything's going so well and now it all flips on its head kind of reversals. Well, on that note, did you have a chance to read the, the Summer Heroic intro thing? Loved it. Okay. So yeah, she's failing like every other role, and, and it kind of worked out that way. Yeah, um, I mean that's certainly mechanically that's it's you know there's I just because of the way uh, play has worked out, there's still some I think some of the characters. It's not that Harry's dice are necessarily very bad; he just doesn't have the same numbers. So you get a lot more of that flip back and forth. Alicia's experiencing that a lot more than Jason was. It's not that Dave's dice have gone bad it's just alicia's doesn't have as many points as jason as as a uh, as jason did and, and that kind of thing so it's interesting seeing this contrast uh with summer it's kind of i don't want to say reset but uh it's it's uh, you see a lot more of that and it's it's interesting to see the contrast to see the. it's hard to remember leo at the beginning you know um versus leo now um but it, it's it, to see them back to back kind of like this you see that you see that I don't want to say power level, but there is a contrast, certainly. Um, I enjoyed the thing that you wrote up on Summer. That was really, it was it was just fun. And we don't necessarily need to take the whole thing as canon, but I do like the idea that she's been sort of, in her mind, semi-superheroing just during this 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 intervening gap of time. Um, I, I, you know, I really kind of, I like that idea a lot. Um, so other smaller things like this where it's been like, you know... Thwarting burglaries and other, uh, you know, like sort of sideline machinations of of Rook Tech and and things like that works works really well for me. Yep, and and a lot of that post also wasn't just here's here's you know just some fun interlude, but it was hopefully like a good guide for how to handle her in in play. Yeah, it's like yeah. these are the sorts of, of of outcomes and actions I want to see happen, um, and here's how mechanically they'd probably fall out. Yeah, and it's a nice. Uh, breakdown sort of, you know, uh, getting your handle on her powers. I don't think anything necessarily surprised me, but I hadn't thought about the idea of her having like Link's cables. Um, so when she used that, I was like, oh yeah, of course. But I, it wouldn't, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about it at that point in time. Um, so actually, since we're there and kind of talking about that a little bit, um, oh yeah, session 47, something like that. Um, Let's talk radiance because we're we're doing um we're doing you know everybody's sort of lost in time for a couple of sessions here because of weirdness not everybody but some people and we're we're bringing in our new hero um 
Summer Sky Newman, who's going to be Radiance, and talk to me about, like, if you had to give me the the uh, elevator to Stanley pitch for like her sort of abilities and stuff. We know her background. We know Summer's background. But what right now functionally is her sort of, you know, I've got to fight Rhino in the middle of Manhattan kind of power set. Uh, so her toolkit is basically the same as Link's right now. Uh, minus all the uh, combinations and enhancements that he kind of picked up along the way. Right. So she's got this super durable body. She can fly. She's got the grappling hooks. Um, kind of these three things together are, are kind of what's driving her right now. Um, she's going to be going through some power evolutions pretty soon um, as she figures out who she wants to be and, and, and how to implement that. Uh, but for right now, she's using the body that, that Leo built her, and he builds bodies in a certain way with a certain set of tools. Right. Um, and so she kind of inherited that by default. Yeah, I didn't know if the light projection thing had become, like, it had, had gotten, like, put into play yet, or if that was, like, a potential evolution down the road kind of kind of thing of where we were at uh, that's, that. That's a really near-term evolution, and I, I've got a plan for advancement, and pretty much the very first thing I want to take is the beacon drives. And one of the first beacon drives I don't want to take is you get a new costume. Nice. So I want to I want to kind of like showcase her like going through these changes of of identity and figuring out who she is through Super. through that uh, through that vehicle. Super fun. So uh, when we last left our heroes, and we're just we're not. It's almost like a Farscape thing where we like do a flashback of the previous scene, but we want to look at one of the characters. Um, everybody's lining up for the time jump, uh, going back home, and the tunnels line up. And we don't see the whole thing with the big Dr. Infinity reaching down and grabbing the tube, but we do see is Concord and his mind kind of on, you know, getting home. And then uh, Sable Star sort of splashing through the sidewall of this tunnel in time and space and uh, knocking him and her kind of out through the other side, kind of it, it, with a shocked look from at least one other person there in the tunnel. But at that point in time, we, we lose track of what's going on with them because you've got your own. Uh, Concourse got his own craziness to deal with, um, so that is that is the other thing going on. I like the fact that our little session here is the Janus and the person that used to be the Janus. Uh, I think there's some fun parallels here. And Mike also sent me a bunch of stuff. Um, Mike's been doing some thinking. I, I am easily excited. That is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Bill comes up with lots of ideas that get that gets that gets. Uh, Mike's mind a, a churning. Oh, I like those. I, I yeah, he sent me some pictures and all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff. So, um, so yeah. Before you before you got here, Mike said he was using his art for evil. So I'm tapping out. <laughs> I wouldn't say evil, but uh, entertaining. Um, okay, so I, I just wonder if Bill's gonna get the references right away. I, I don't know. I gotta make sure I deliver the references. So if I'm missing a tag here, make sure you. Uh, oh no 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 no! Call me out on the re the references. If you use the art, the references are going to be there. Oh really? Let me look at that again. Yeah, you aren't a gamer, so I don't expect you to get it. I'm not a gamer. <laughs> Hold on. It gotta be the right kind of game. Yeah, I was about to say long form beat 'em up games. Okay. That then yeah. no. I will okay. say, for the record, I love, and this is a stupid thing to, to be a fanboy of, I love the background you did. I did, too. That is a uh, really, really fun background. I need to oh, see Oh, no. Uh, 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 
I, I will geek out on my on my artwork there later, but okay. um, we'll we'll have uh, we'll I, have ample opportunity to do that for sure. I had I had help from friends on a lot of things, so very nice. All right, I'm just going to save this so I have it someplace that makes sense to me, and that's going to be in the villains folder. Surprising no one. Oh no, I'll do that. I'm going to change that name. Okie dokie. All right, so I don't know. Mundane picture from the wiki. Okay, so I was talking about that. Um, I meant the, I meant the human, the, the picture of the sort of inspirational, uh, uh, but no, that works very well for, that, that picture works really well for summer. I was I was thinking of that, uh, the one you're using for your, like the icon right now. Oh, yeah, I'll get her up in a second. Yeah, that's cool. It's That was really, I, I enjoyed going back through the music, honestly, too. It was a really good video. Um Okay, so I'm sure you guys, well, depending on what your notification level is set to, I'm sure that you guys saw me, or eh, it's reasonably likely that you guys know, saw me put up. I know nothing about love letters. I put up a love letter for each of you. They're not, they're different kinds of love letters. They're a little bit simpler, partly because my week has been, continued to be crazy, but it really, I realized I was really, 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 really reinventing the wheel with uh, Summers. And I didn't want to. It was just dumb. And with Concords, I actually went away that Mike had suggested in the past where it doesn't always have to be dice rolls. It can be choices. Um, so that's kind of where I went with there. So I'm going to start off with the uh, the one for Summer, uh, which says, Dear Summer, the menagerie has been gone for almost two weeks. You'd be freaked out, but you've been too busy to let things get that far. That said, with your semi-super moonlighting and all of your other commitments, things have been crazy. Make your secret identity move, and let's see how things are going. So that is referring specifically to the move that I realized I was totally reinventing um, over here under Summer's thing. The uh, secret identity move, which is choose a total of three obligations, and when time passes, which has a number of meanings in our current context, uh, roll your mundane to see how you're managing all your obligations. So, Summer. Roll and I got 11. 11. God dang it. Always anything. When you roll, roll an 11, uh, on a hit, things are going pretty well. You have an opportunity or advantage thanks to one of your obligations. On a 7 and 9, you've lapsed on one obligation, your choice. On a miss, you haven't given your normal life anywhere near the attention it deserves. Blah, 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 blah. We don't have to worry about that. So what does it say? When on a hit, things are going pretty well, you have an opportunity or advantage thanks to one of your obligations i can say that my late 20s early 30s anime fan is immediately drawn to the idea of her being in a cooking club um but which do you think for her right now cooking club or the political activism group uh i threw cooking club in as a default because we have talked about <clears throat> like what the girls were doing as their extracurriculars right i think we were kind of vague about that so i left that as a placeholder uh, but we had also talked about this other character who was right. like this robot right. rights activist, and he would plug in under that slot. Right. So I wherever wanna, that... I think I want to introduce that as he kind of becomes more active. Activist. Active. Um, otherwise, starting her out already as sort of like active in that thing is feels a little on the nose. Yeah, I think I think we will get there as, as Alicia yeah. warms up a little bit. Um, so that leaves kind of jobs in school or, or jobs in social life. Uh, so the job sounds good as always. Well, yeah, the job is great. Social, I like the idea of the ponies being in there. Uh, and we still want school. We're just going with the with the sort of the club thing. I'm fine with that too. 
Okay. Is it, yeah, is it supposed to have three? I mean. Uh, yeah, it says pick three. Okay, so we're good with that. Um, so, an opportunity or advantage thanks to one of these obligations. Do, do, do. I'm thinking about this in the context of everything that's going on. And I, I kind of, so in the short story, in the sort of summertime story that you had shared, I like, tell, remind me again, somehow at the beginning of that story, Summer had sort of gotten wind of what was going on, the hijinks, the shenanigans with the looted tech via, yeah. it was Maury from the ponies had sent something to someone and you had sort of intercepted it or... Uh, so basically, the, exactly the, the, the pitch out. was that Maury said, forward this to Leo, because Leo is out as a superhero. And right. Summer was like, he's not here, I'll take the message. Right. And, right. and where it came from, like behind, you know, going back to back along that chain, I left purposely vague, but it's kind of implied that, like, maybe somebody at the warehouse or maybe somebody who worked there um, got suspicious, took some photos on the side... Uh, but couldn't really act on it themselves due to like not wanting to lose their job, right? Or or something along those lines. But it could be anything. And you know, Maury is a is a face certainly, and something somebody that something like that could uh, feel like they can they could dump to relatively anonymously. She's a she's an activist, uh, certainly privacy wise in, in in terms of well, so much an activist as being. Um, uh, I don't want to say not an activist as much as being like woke in terms of that kind of stuff and whether she's like campaigning for, you know, digital privacy or not, which she certainly may be. She's certainly a fierce personal defender of it. So you feel like you safely. Go. And also it's kind of known she's had some interaction with uh, the menagerie. So it makes sense to somebody who has this stuff and, and thinks, well, Link doesn't like Rook and Link is Leo and Mari knows the both of them, and I know what her YouTube handle is, and I can send something there. And Mari knows No No, and No No knows Leo, and knows you, and I can't seem to get a message to Leo, so I'll dump it on Summer because if he's gone into inventors hiding, then she can at least get it to him or something like that. So uh, I mean, if you if you want to explain how this works, just get Michael Pena to do an Ant Man scene <laughs> where he's I, telling us this chain of gossip. I. I Yes, I need to see that. I still haven't seen the movie, and I'm really, I'm, I'm dying a little bit inside every time I remember. I haven't that. seen it either, Joyce. So don't I, feel bad. I will say for the record that I have been saying for well over a year that I thought Michael Pena should have been the way that uh, uh, Infinity, the Infinity Gauntlet opened. Like he should have summarized the previous ten years of Marvel movies before they went into the rest of the Infinity Gauntlet. I thought that, I think that would have actually been perfect. No, um, man, that's that's the start of Infinity or Infinity Wars Part 2. There you go, is have him do it. I really <laughs> think, yeah, I honestly think, uh, yeah, he should just be, he should replace Morgan Freeman for all narration purposes in all film. Um, it's really, really good. So I look forward to seeing that in the movie. I, I may even have some sort of slight hope that we'll be able to see it uh, when we go out to Comic-Con this week if we just decide we want to have like a little bit of easy downtime, go and catch the movie someplace, but haven't had a chance to see it yet. Anyway, but yeah, um, that weird chain of events, guy tells another guy, this guy's like, what? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, honestly, it could almost be Nono kind of like going this whole chain of command, you know, this whole chain of thing. So we're looping back to the original move. I'm thinking about uh, the way, since you're handling all this stuff, some opportunity that 
has arisen from that. And the one that immediately presents itself to me is the idea that you've, uh, because your armor can, you know, I, I know some of the stuff you said, there's like up close, you're not going to be mistaken for Link, but you could easily be mistaken for uh, Arya um, or some other Newman person uh, or costume change for Numa or who knows what. And, um, and I threw in the thing where like the cops were just like, hey, Leo, or just, or, or hey, you know, emphasizing that like a mistake could still be made. So I think right. you have some wiggle room, but yeah, right. she could look like. So the idea here though is a little bit more subtle than that in that you have created, you could have, as, as if, if we decide to go with this as your opportunity, you could have created the illusion that Link is basically 90% in hiding and just coming out to come out, kick a little bit of ass and then go back to the inventing and thus created the illusion that he's still around, but and also the illusion that if you get it to me, I'll get it to him, and you're actually just acting on it. Um, so that opportunity is that you've sort of created a funnel whereby this information is coming to you that you can act on while still remaining pretty much undercover under the guise of the other, like, actual menagerie. So, so I'm the Laura Holt for Remington Steel. Sure. That's a little old school, but I'll go wow, with that. You pulled that one out of nowhere. Wow, I just sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, if that. But like I said, there's a number of There's, I mean, you've got these three different areas, and it creates some sort of opportunity, something you can sort of, I don't want to say take advantage of in a mercenary way, but something that you know benefits you in some way. So that's one option. You have anything else that pops up in your head as far as a? I I really like that. Like she's kind of holding up like the honor of the team and, and just making sure like the team seems like it's still in the city and the city can have confidence in them. Not that they just like ran off somewhere for their own personal reasons, which they kind of did. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm very fond of that. Yeah. It reminds me, I, I, it, it reminds me of something that I can't quite put my finger on, I, I, but I'm getting a, a little sense of a deja vu somewhat more obviously uh, the beginning sort of beginning middle of the middle of the beginning of the second season of uh, Young Justice, where the big six are off planet and they've got Captain Adam doing press conferences and Martian Manhunter and Superman are kind of hovering in the air well back behind from the cameras because it's actually Miss Martian shapeshifted to look like her Uncle John and she's levitating Superboy so that it looks like you know, while he wears a Superman uh, costume so that it looks like he's flying back. It's sort of, you know, like, we're all here. Everything's fine. All the authority is still in place. Nobody freak out. Um, but it, a little even more surreptitious than that. Um, probably, I'm sure, somebody who's really into it from back in the day could talk about, like, yeah, when somebody sort of pretended to be Batman while Batman was either dead or presumed dead or his back was broken or something like that and just tried to, you know, continue the illusion that, He's still out on the streets. The, um, the animated series did that. They put Superman in the costume, right. had him go after Bane. And Bane was like, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Actually, there's a lovely, uh, and I'm going to mention this primarily for Mike. There's a lovely Batman Brave and the Bold episode uh, where Batman is sick. Um, he's got a bad something. It's it's basically he's got the flu, but it's because he like took a, a spore bag in the face or something like that on, a, on an alien planet um and all of the superheroes so it's green arrow plat hilariously plastic man aquaman and 
I feel like there was another one. All try to be Batman and cover for him while he's out. Oh, God. Do you remember that? I mean, I can't remember who the fourth person was. There was another one. I can't remember who. It was Green Arrow, I think. It was Green Arrow, Aquaman, Plastic Man. I think there was another one. It doesn't matter. Anyway, but they're all like trying to be Batman, and they're all like having their encounters going, how does he do this by himself every night? This is exhausting. And it's it's three of them. Anyway, lovely episode. Totally worth it. The Night of a Thousand Batman or something like that is what it's called. It's very good stuff. Yeah, it's The Night of a Thousand Batman. How did you get that? Anyway. All right. So that was one of the that was the that was the one love letter. So that's kind of going on. And so Summer is nicely handling everything going to school. I'm going to I'm going to loop back to that and ask a little bit about, you know, without any other family members to contact, like the teachers sort of reaching out to Summer, like, where's your sister? That kind of thing. Um but kind of handling everything and also kind of funneling things and sort of handling that. Uh, Concord. Yes. You have a thing. And your thing says. I have a thing. You have a, you have a thing here. And your thing says. Uh, I'm going to get the link up here properly. You're tumbling through the scintillating rainbow hellscape of time and space. Are you. Extending the vast collapsing star of your power upon the chaos of the universe, or is your heart and mind focused solely on the family your other self lost? Your your family that your other self lost in the, in the alternate future that you just left. So you're thinking more about home or upon you know extending your will upon the chaos of the universe as you tumble through it. So uh, I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer one and I'm going to recontextualize slightly. Okay, okay that's entirely fair. But I think it is um, his heart is still like heavy with the thought of oh man that could have been my parents that could have been my family that got went through that I don't even really know what happened but it doesn't sound good and like. The fact that there's any reality where fundamentally bad stuff happened to your family is a, is a bummer. Uh huh. So like uh, when he was getting into that ship and he or when he was getting into Phoenix or however we were coming back, he was just like, Ugh, as soon as I get home, I'm giving everybody a big hug. And that's kind of when the hit happens. And <laughs> Kelly's in the other room. I love Concord so much. Um. Is that still where a, a, a good portion of his mind really stays yes. as the tumbling through space happens? Yes. Because um, it provides a it provides a convenient focal point. Because there's really two ways you can go with this. Is you know I am going to. Uh, I'm sure this is another scene out of. Um, oh, Stephen Brust wrote a book called Terrain in Hell. Uh, and there's a, a, it's an interesting book, but there's a bit in there where you kind of like amidst the chaos of the universe, you put down your foot and, and where your foot comes down, there is solid ground. So there's, and it continues like that as you build the world around you by simply needing there to be world where you are. Um, there's, there's kind of two, I'm going to choose to say there's two different ways to kind of approach this where you can say, I will make an, I will make an island of order around me. And calm the seas of chaos, you know, where I am. Or instead you say, I'm, I'm discarding this and extending my will towards this distant point of light in my emotional 
horizon line and going there. So either way, it's really you extending your power and your will, it, but it's a question of how, what does that look like? And, and what effect does that have on the world or worlds around you? Um, and it sounds more like you're saying, you know, this is all craziness around here. I just want to get home or I primarily at least want to get home and yes. back to my family and that kind of thing. That sounds yeah. best. It's not so much like, no, 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 we're going to get everything nice and leveled out here first. And then I will proceed in all my glory back. No, it's none of that nonsense. It's, you know, I'm going to make, make do with what I got. Okay. Um, so we know what's going on with you and your perception of this, because it is a maelstrom. It is, I mean, certainly Concord is powerful, but at the same time, this is, this is all of time and space in a maelstrom bound into an infinite, you know, thimble. And which is to say, there's a lot to keep track of no matter how much power you've got. Um, you having been kicked out of the tunnel sort of, construct unintentionally construct your own and proceed with all of your focus really toward home and in the process of all this stuff happening and really most of the rest all of the rest of this crazy vaguely pink tinged nuttiness uh around you remaining largely unaffected by anything that you're doing because you're just basically tunneling a you know a pinhole right through all this stuff you get the sense of of sable star kind of falling off your perceptual radar, um, falling behind, falling away, something. You're ahead. You're, you're, you're moving with a focus and a purpose towards this thing, and that's how that shakes out. Um, Summer, uh, you'd mentioned in your, some of the stuff that you were doing there, kind of, talk to me about, about um, Quill, industries and that because it looked like it was like it, again we're not trying to make it canon but it looks like there's been some reaching out to to jason or is it are is it some are taking advantage of the fact that jason basically gave you carte blanche whether he's around or not to uh you know here here are the passcodes for all the for 90 percent of all the important bits so you can you know go and rummage around the warehouse or, or, or use the fabricators if need be kind of thing. Or are you actually, are you, are you going back there uh, with his knowledge, like between bits of bits of heroism and stuff like that? I, I, I think it sounded like that was a little bit of what was happening, but I don't, I was curious as to whether or not it was sort of like on Jason's radar or not. So I, I kind of left it loose so that like Dave could, could fine tune or, or over or overwrite if he wanted but uh, in the issue 27 to 31 time frame, uh, Jason was talking about, I'm retiring from the team. Right. I'm going right. to use my you know, dad's warehouse full of, of stuff to go make the world a better place. Summer was very, very much in favor of this outcome for him. Right. Um, right. She wanted him to have like this positive transformative life experience. She wanted to support him doing that however possible. And one of the things that Jason had also pitched was, hey, how about I go sponsor or help to sponsor or help equip uh, some of the city's super teams. Right. And so what I had pitched as an idea was, what if she's like the pilot candidate for this program as a way of, of helping him out and being supportive of him? Right. And so my kind of assumption is that like she's basically doing that. I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily if we've gotten quite that far yet, although if the conversation ever come up, he might have. I was what I was thinking 
because you guys had like talked about it and maybe it didn't go anywhere because Jason's been sort of uh, we've we've kind of established that Jason's been running about it much like uh, at a corporate level he's been doing a lot of like scrambling amongst the traces that are holding the coach and fours you know runaway horses in place trying to get you know fish the the reins up off the ground before the whole plane oh, yeah. runs off the cliff and he's been kind of busy doing that and it's just about ready to settle back into the seat with reins at hand and pull the whole thing you know to the side before it goes tumbling off the cliff but he's been a bit busy so while the preliminary talk about this and a lot of excited like chat over coffee thing goes yeah we definitely need to do that and he sort of disappears to washington for a week and then these yes so she might just have the house keys basically right and jason is definitely now this paints things in a bit inaccurate light but jason is definitely the kind of guy that had he ever given the garage four-digit passcode to an ex-girlfriend but they parted ways amicably he wouldn't have gone back and changed the code because she may need a place to crash um which is to say, if at any point Jason ever gave Summer access to stuff, and we know that he did, he wouldn't have. Re There's no point in this timeline, I think, where he would have ever gotten like rescinded it, or even. It, and I say partly because he hadn't gotten around to it, but also because even if he had thought about it, he wouldn't have, um, simply because of a fondness for Summer and the off chance that she might need it, and never ever in a million zillion years wanting to try to have the conversation about. I thought I had the codes, and him having to explain why she doesn't. Because um, that just sounds awkward and painful. So I know during the process of them like working on her original body and the and her later like getting the two to kind of you know when when the when the briefcase was dropped off and she was sort of working on it and stuff like that. I know that she got access to again like I said like sort of ninety percent of the of the stuff. Uh, yeah. She still does. Uh, all that said, she's going to try to make minimal use of it unless it's like on official business because she's trying to be sensitive to Alicia. And so that right. that is kind of keep, keeping her away unless like she really needs access. Like like or... like this has pulled an entire shoulder plate off, and I I can't go back to normal form until I get that fixed enough that it'll actually flip properly. Kind of. Yeah, she she wants like airtight alibis for like why I'm here, what I'm doing, and when I'm gonna leave, right. just so that Jason and Alicia can go, both be comfortable. Whether what like whether they get back together or not, like she, yeah. she's not you know trying to make that happen. But she still wants to not be an impediment. I, I am, yeah, I am giving myself precisely from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, and I am making sure that I only, you know, punch in and punch out in the warehouse and fabrication shop. And I'm never anywhere near the private quarters, even though he's in Washington at the time. Because, um, again, don't need that kind of complication. So we'll say that, you know, he wouldn't be uh, upset that she was here, but he doesn't necessarily know about it either at this point. Um because he would, I think, I feel like he would be compelled to dust off the tights or something. Uh, also, the, the complication of trying to explain to him where he, she thinks they probably went would also probably be a whole extra conversation. So that's been happening. So she's been uh, in extremis, ducking, almost just ducking into the quill, into the quill uh, complex when absolutely necessary for like, you know, short-term repairs, things like that. Um, She's been getting menagerie pointed stuff funneled to her by sort of half pretending it's she's passing it on to Leo. And I think I want to get what's the name of that? Uh, the, the, the cyborg instructor at the at, at uh, 
Gardner University. What is her name? Uh, you broke up for about 20 seconds there. Sorry. Uh, what is the name of the Gardner cyborg professor? Uh, Gyro. Gyro. Um, I, I kind of want... Okay. So she's not... Yeah. Let me get Gyro up here. Right. So Leo's in, is Leo's in a class with her, or is it... Or is she simply evaluating him on the sly? I remember that she and that Gyro and one of the other uh, uh, professors were talking about him. Is he in I, her? Was he in her class? I'm gonna say yeah, because one of the things that she teaches is metahuman ethics, and recent events uh, certainly have will, will drive him there if he wasn't there already. Right. But I think that topic is very much of interest to Leo, so he would have dropped in on that class. I mean, honestly, the the school would have certainly encouraged him since he just you know just before the semester started really um, kind of went public. So uh, suggesting that as a, if nothing else, as an audit, um, if he doesn't want to take on the extra class, well, at least doing it as an audit would, would have been recommended, um, encouraged. So I think probably, I think probably in study hall, some sort of like open, open uh, time slot in class, you know, probably about a weekend, weekend, I would say a week and a half to, to uh, the everybody's absence. Um, Summer would have gotten an email from the teacher um, saying to drop by uh, her her classroom at, at her earliest convenience, at your earliest convenience, um, rather than have, uh, you know, realizing you don't have a class, I don't know what your schedule is when you have, when you have a moment, if you could please stop by. And that wouldn't necessarily have been, actually, it probably would have come in late at night um, well outside of school hours and it, and it's, you know, schedules being what they are and, and summer's time being what it, what it is, it probably isn't until, uh, um, study hall or some free period or something like that, that you could really do anything about it necessarily, or it could be right before school or something like that. What does that look like? Does she do anything about it? And if so, what, and, uh, you know, when does this happen? Oh yeah. She will drop by as soon as possible, like early morning, if that works. That would be her preference. Um, any other time would be fine too. But this is like when it, when a teacher says, "Come see me," like she, <laughs> she, would, she would try very hard to do. Well, that. early morning isn't a problem. So you, you you come in basically as soon as the doors are open up and, and the light is already on. You can see from outside the building that the light is already on in her in her classroom. Um, she's there quite early. Um, she didn't. She 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 no no incredibly creepy like come in summer with her back still turned kind of thing. But when when she does turn in, you see her you know kind of eyes kind of dilate for a second, refocus, um, pause for a second while she sort of processes the fact that you're there. And she said, "Please come in, summer. Uh, have a seat if you like. I hope you don't mind if I continue to prepare for my first class." Oh sure. What uh, what can I do for you? Well, I this it's. The school has certain policies in place when it comes to emancipated minors and that sort of thing, but I have my own personal policies when it comes to members of my class due to the nature of the courses that I teach. And if you feel that my questioning is inappropriate, please say so or act as you feel is appropriate. But I was concerned about Leo, your friend Leo's uh, recent absence uh, and also the absence of what I can only assume are his teammates, such as uh, 
Harry Gale as, you know, AKA Mercury uh, and possibly others such as your sister. I just wanted to know if there was any alerts that need to be sent to certain, any authorities or anything that needs to be done. Sometimes without, I have absolute respect uh, for your friend's capabilities and mental capacity and even emotional maturity, but sometimes it can be very difficult if you have no authority figure to turn to when things go unexpectedly. And I thought I should offer my help if such a thing was necessary or required or needed. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, I'm. She frowned quite... slightly at that. Like, <laughs> no, you didn't understand what I was saying. But, uh, but, but doesn't say anything about it. It's just like, hmm, I didn't say that correctly because she's thanking me for being wonderful, and that wasn't what I was doing. But carry on, you know. I'm I'm quite positive that um, that for example, Aegis is probably well aware of, of of where Leo might be right now, and anybody who's with him. I think they they should know. So I think they're doing okay. Like, her, did you have anybody else in mind? Her expression goes studiously neutral when Aegis is is mentioned. Um, blank, almost like the signal to facial muscles has just been like, no, let's just disconnect right now. I'd rather send no signals than any of the signals that could potentially be going. I didn't have anything in mind. He doesn't strike me as the sort of person who would. In fact, neither he nor your sister strike me as the sort of person who would have such a long absence without some sort of notification to the school administrator and I have not received any such forwarded messages from the administrator for the classes that I would be affected by so I it seems to me that he if he is the sort of person to send such notifications and none have been sent for such a long time that he may be unable to do that and it could simply be that I have misapprehended the situation I I don't think that that anybody expected to be gone this long and just may not have thought to, to send that. I see. Very well. If they, if you have no concerns, then I will take that as an expert opinion on the subject. Some are sitting here thinking, I have a lot of concerns. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not going to say anything. She, she's, she's being, well, yeah. And, and uh, boundless optimism is not necessarily a, uh, uh, an obfuscation power that 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 gyro has any ability to to see through um so she'll she'll take that as a if the situation changes or your assessment of the situation changes please don't feel as though you have no recourse you do very well i i understand uh i just want to also say that um your class and these other classes that, that leo's attending are really important to him um, he's not just going to run off because uh, graduating with a good grade is is really vital to him and his future. Uh, wow, I can't even tell you how much. Um, I but yeah, I I believe you. But at the same time, that seems to be contrary evidence to the other facts that I have seen and your your opinion that everything is fine. Something to keep in mind, perhaps. Yes, you, know, yeah. you say it's you say it's important to him and you say he's fine but if it were important to him he would have done something or things aren't fine uh so something isn't right isn't true in all of the stuff that is being said which is I, I i would characterize it more accurately than is maybe things aren't fine but i have confidence things will work out 
That is only fair. Certainly, uh, Mr. Snow has proven himself to be uh, quite resourceful. Hey, Bill. Would would you say you're trying to provoke her into dropping the issue? It feels like it's kind of on that way anyway. But yeah, Summer's doing her best to be neutral about this and just not not leave any breadcrumbs for this conversation to follow further. She's like, she, um, she, she doesn't feel as though she's, she really doesn't feel as though she's been very con- convinced um, because obviously it's teacher. It's very easy to uh, go. I know better. And, and I think this is serious. And the fact that you have confidence in your also teenage friends does not necessarily mean that I have confidence. Um, and she certainly has the potential to raise a lot of red flags and stuff with the, with the school or, uh, Aegis or any of that other kind of stuff. So I don't, I, I, you, you could certainly, if you really want to throw a convincing argument out of here and, and logic bomber, then I think a provoke is definitely called for. And the logic bomb certainly falls well under the label that a provoke would come to. Oh, that's fair. Well, um, well, somewhere we'll try to pitch it like this then. Um, so, He's he's not just a student. He's also a superhero, and and sometimes they get into situations that they can't anticipate, and and maybe that they can't uh, signal us from, um, even though they would like to let us know how things are going. And I think that there's not necessarily anything we can do about that, except kind of trust them, uh, like I'm trusting him. Um, if there's any. Any specific questions that I can answer for you, I will, but I I don't know that much. Um, so I'm, I, I feel kind of stuck, honestly, if 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 you have something really specific to ask, but I, I will do what I can. Sorry, I was Sorry. talking and my mic was up. Um, I like everything you're saying here because depending on how uh, the provoke actually goes, that can either be a good argument or completely punch holes in her in, in Summer's argument. Um, depending on kind of how the provoke goes, um, because there's a lot of like, I trust him and he's good at this and he's a superhero, but I'm just kind of trusting him and it could be totally, and I have no real proof of any of this. So it's really kind of what she decides to listen to, um, out of all this. Well, there's your provoke. There's my provoke and, oh, oh dear. Okay. Okay. When you flip through your words here for NPC. Okay. Um, I really do want to say, as the GM, I really appreciate the the material there because I it can go so many different ways. Um, this is a bit rough. Okay, she gives like I mean, she she doesn't exactly teach rhetoric. She te- you know she's teaching the you know the morality of superheroics kind of kind of class, um, logical arguments and poking holes in assumptions and that sort of thing is sort of her bread and butter. Uh, especially as it pertains to superheroics, which is a bit of what you're talking about right now. She gives you a pretty narrowed-eyed, hard look at this because from her point of view, the logic here doesn't hold up. You know, he's good at this because he's a superhero, and sometimes that means that he doesn't have any control over what he's able to do. And as a result of that, I trust him is what she's hearing. It's not obviously that there's many different ways you could slice that, but she's slicing it that way. Um, so she gives you this kind of hard, like that wouldn't even get you a C as the thesis for a paper in my class kind of look and says, I appreciate that you have an affection for your friends and your family, but you really must 
when the situation calls for it and hard decisions are called for, be dispassionate and look at the situation objectively rather than subjectively. Optimism is all very well and good up to a point, but a light requires focus to be effective. And she is going to attempt to shift your labels with those words. Uh, she wants to shift your, uh, uh, your superior up and your mundane down, unless you uh, choose to push back on that, which I'm well, totally perfect. fine with. Yeah. Okay. So more brain, less heart. Um, she will also be bringing her concerns back to the uh, back to the front office, um, but that's kind of off camera at that point, just as a, a as a added tangle complication kind of thing that's going on. But initially, no, that's fair. Yeah. And, and Summer, meanwhile, sitting here like rifling through alternative explanations, she's like, "I could have said this." Like, yeah. <laughs> like they so eloped. You know, they're just they're they're in the Bahamas. Yeah, there's. I could have lied. Why didn't I lie? Um, <laughs> that, that, I'm sorry, that, 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 that one phrase is just making me laugh so much. Which one? Lied. Why didn't I lie? Why didn't I lie? There is a, uh, uh, the book series that the Expanse is based on, uh, the, the, the sci-fi television series, it's not sci-fi anymore, but whatever the, the, um, oh, it's, you know, it's a great, it's a wonderful series. If you like hard sci-fi, I, I, I enjoy it quite a bit, but there's a character in there, uh, named Amos who's a mechanic, but also kind of a, I want to make sure I get the words right, a psychopath, psychopath, sociopath. Um, he's, he's a high functioning sociopath who really doesn't understand like reg, you know, regular human like emotions very well, but he's decided who his tribe is. And it's these, it's a relatively small group of people. And since he doesn't know what a good action is, or what a righteous action is, or what, or any of that sort of thing, but he's able to identify who in his small group of people, his tribe, makes those kinds of decisions and consistently picks the the right thing or the good thing. He's he, and they're different people. Like this person does the good stuff, this person does the emotional stuff, this guy does the righteous stuff. So when he's trying to pick something and he doesn't want people to realize that he's a sociopath. Um, he goes, well, you know, what would this guy do? And he basically does that. He doesn't really understand why it's the right thing. He just does it. And I'm, I'm struck to a certain extent by Summer, the, the idea of Summer going, okay, I need to be ruthless here. What would Alicia do? Okay, I'm going to do that. Because other, you know, I would never come to this conclusion on my own, but given, but you know, if I can think of the, I need to vacillate and not be able to come to a decision here. What would Jason do in this situation? I don't know. There's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, just the idea afterwards of like Alicia would have totally had a cover story for that. Why didn't I lie? I could have lied. And another voice in your head going, no, you can't. You, you can't. You're bad at it. Um, maybe maybe I wouldn't be. I don't know. We, you only don't know because you've never done it. You know, anyway, um, not going to give her multiple personality disorder. I'm just saying uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny for her to like. Uh, critique well, yourself afterwards. On that note, I will pitch you guys an idea and you can tell me ahead of time if you think the rest of the group would find it interesting. Uh, I thought it would be kind of neat because Summer listens to her feelings a lot. If if at any moment when the other players had an idea for, and here's how this could go off the rails or here's the, this thing you could do or th that you've been overlooking, that they could jump in Greek chorus style and speak for her feelings. Uh, have her feelings be a Greek chorus? I kind of like that. I mean, I kind of like that. 
That's very geist of you. I haven't watched uh, that. Or read that. I, am the, I was about to say, I must be the only World of Darkness player. Yeah, I never, I didn't get in far enough into that. I'm very limited World of Darkness play. Um, once upon a time, back in college, everybody out, there was a couple people who sort of like called dibs on World of Darkness, sort of. So I never ended up GMing it, and I hardly ever played anything. So I wasn't GMing it, I never encountered it very much because other people were running it. Um, all right, so that's happening. You've got your, you've got your info funneling to you, and and you, you've got your little you know, bolt hole, uh, emergency repairs kind of thing that you're taking advantage of. Meanwhile, Concord. Oh, no. So I think I'm going to open this bit up by actually having you roll uh, uh, Unleash Your Powers, just a regular Unleash Your Powers. Ooh, you drew him with a sword now. I didn't see the uh -huh. full blown up version. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I have another one with him as with a shield, but I never actually exported it as a as a ping. Very so. nice, very nice. Okay, All right. so I'm gonna so. have him unleash his powers here and just kind of see how this uh, landing happens. Also, summer obviously take potential. Ooh, ooh, look at you with your god dang! Is that box cars? Very nearly. Uh, no. How'd you? Uh, yeah, it's very. I had a plus one forward from the oh. <laughs> uh, from my uh, team move from last time. Nice, nice. Thanks, JC. Thanks, JC. Um, okay, so focusing on your family, I, since you have the thirteen here, tell me the like the where and how and when. Uh, what when is still going to be shifted somewhat forward because again you did get tumble out of this time tunnel um, kind of thing. So. Some of that is definitely going to be, I don't mean specifically like what day or anything like that, but like time of day or night. Oh, no. Uh, I, I already have this in mind. So where? So, so when, where, and how do you uh, return, arrive back home? Ah, so it is, um, this can be like weekend or like afternoon-ish or something along that line. But Let's go with afternoons because uh, I want to kind of put you in the same basic time frame as summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is uh, afternoon-ish, and at the um, insert park here, uh, uh, Adam's parents have taken Jordan out to the park to go play to get her mind off of, like, any sort of thought of where's my brother and that sort of stuff. Okay. All right, and you arrive at the park? Yes. Okay. So Jordan's like four or five, four or five, six, somewhere in there. Okay, so it's it kindergarten. Yeah, age. probably, probably, you know, basically a regular park. Um, yeah. Not like, you know, amusement park kind of thing, but any any kind of park would do for a sufficient amount of time. Um, is this kind of a blast of light and you're standing on the ground thing, or a big flash and you're in the air over the park? Um, I would go, yeah, flash and in the air and probably just sort of like slightly tumbling and just, it's that sort of like two backflips and then kind of coming to a halt, sort of like, where did I just go? So the, the pinprick kind of tunnel that you managed to create for yourself kind of opens in the sky and you really kind of come rolling out of it or, or, uh, rolling in an airplane sense, but sort of tumbling out of it and pull yourself to a stop kind of up in the air. Is there, I'm, I'm just wondering if there's a bit of a, 
aerial metaphysical kind of phenomena thing or if he just oh. kind of appears oh hell yeah there's probably like a flash of light he comes out in like one of his red and or green and red tinged bubbles so there's a moment there where people see a thing happening in the sky and they're all like oh uh, what the what the heck and and then you're out there and aware um so it is a you know big public park it's you know mostly parents and kids you get the occasional bicyclist going by uh oh no it's january so or not yeah january so it's uh but it's a warm yeah. day we're, we're we're forward a couple of weeks it's february man. okay so yeah early february still a pretty cold era but we're talking about north carolina so it's not it's not cold 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 um cold enough though uh but it's a warm enough day certainly that you know out and about there's some kids in the park not a ton um so you kind of tumble aside is really just kind of taking your bearings first seeing that city skyline because you're up in the air and verifying that the city skyline is all there okay and not a whole lot of giant glowy r's yep not a whole lot of neon N not on fire probably the, yeah not probably right time yes um so you're seeing that and really processing that and i'm just taking off some of the glowing r's since we're we're done with that part um and i do like the idea of the r and the q being on the tombstones that was pretty good um this death brought to you by Rickcore. Rickcore. Um, how long is it before the murmurs and the pointing and the and the kids kind of going, "Hey, look!" It's but the the kids kind of shouting from below and kind of stuff actually draws your attention down enough to like look down and and look at the park where you are after the sort of panicked is the world on fire double check. Oh, it it's probably pretty quick. I mean, this is Concord. He is easily distracted. Okay. So you look down and you see uh, the first thing you spot because it's a motion thing and, and human eyes being what they are. You spot the motion first is you spot the familiar motion of your of your sister jumping up and down because nobody quite jumps up and down like Jordan Amari. Um, and she's jumping up and down and pointing and looking super happy and looking back over and, run, you know, uh, looking back over her shoulder and pointing some more and then runs over and points and she's doing that thing that they do at that age where they tell you hey look at this thing and you're not immediately losing your own damn mind so you must not have heard them so she's repeating herself and going closer and running over to mom and dad and pointing out and she's pointing and smiling and laughing and thinking it's really awesome and cool and your parents are looking up at you when you finally track over to them and they are your dad's just looking at you like like his daughter has pointed out a small Cessna aircraft that's you know circling around and of course it is it's not remarkable because a it's just an airplane and b we're near the private you know we're, we're near the small airfield you know on the edge of town so it's completely unremarkable I am simply looking up out of deference to my daughter so she stops telling me to look up his expression is completely blank uh devoid of any particular kind of emotion or anything like that your mom is a mixture of uh anger and just you wait till you get home mister and absolute knee-watering relief uh it's a very complex emotional mix that mix that i am actually not remotely convinced adam could really parse all the way now maybe 
Concord's super omni universal truth vision might be able to pull all that stuff apart and, and, and list it all. But Adam, you know, mom's upset might be as far as that goes. The concordance um, has a 28 syllable word for this particular emotion. <laughs> Sounds accurate. And, and Adam's word for this emotion is basically like, Oh crap. Oh crap. As a single, as a single word. Um, danger will robinson that kind of thing uh what do you what do you what do you do um i i feel like there is this like awkward sort of like all these people like looking up at at uh, uh concord and he's just like sort of like hey nothing to worry about and just like a furtive look down at his parents it's like you know that sort of like slack that sort of like slack jawed. I have no idea what's going on right now. And all the kids are, most of the kids, the younger kids that are playing and stuff like that are jumping down, up and down and waving like, look at me, look at me, shoot, shoot the, shoot the, the t-shirt gun my direction kind of, you know, uh -huh. get trying to get your attention sort of thing. Jordan really being no exception. Um, oh. oh yeah. Uh, so you, you know, kind of a furtive wave, continued wave your way. Dead?